It's September 21st, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Kotnor. Our top stories today. Russia's President Vladimir Putin has announced a partial mobilization in Russia, according to the state-owned news agency TASS. He says that the West has shown that its aim is to destroy Russia and that it has tried to turn Ukraine's people into cannon fodder. Our aim is to liberate Donbass, he says. The Russian president says that it's necessary to take an urgent decision to protect people in the quote-unquote liberated lands. That's why I asked the Ministry of Defense to agree to partial mobilization, he says. The decree has already been signed and starts today. Defense Minister Sergei Shogu said 300,000 with combat experience will now be called up to fight. What we know is that it will take some time for these civilians to get mobilized, and given the state of Russia's professional armed services and equipment, it's unlikely that these forces will prove decisive. The big thing to note here is that Putin is willing to make this hugely unpopular step in an attempt to win this war. So the question remains, if he's willing to do this, what other weapons might he use? Women have been at the forefront of escalating protests in Iran, which have been ongoing for five days. The protests were sparked by the death in custody of Masha Amini, who was detained for breaking hijab laws. At least six people are now believed to have been killed since protests began. An aide to Iran's supreme leader, Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, paid a visit to Miss Amini's family on Monday and told them that all institutions will take action to defend the rights that were violated, state media reported. Senior MP Jalal Rashidi Kuchi publicly criticized the morality police, saying the force was a mistake as it had only produced loss and damage for Iran. Russia's invasion of Ukraine has taken center stage at the United Nations General Assembly, with Germany and France condemning Russian President Vladimir Putin's imperialism, Qatar, Senegal, and Turkey calling for immediate peace talks, and Lithuania urging the establishment of a war crimes tribunal to punish Moscow's atrocities. Standing at the UN rostrum in New York late yesterday, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz said there was no justification whatsoever for Putin's decision to invade Ukraine in February. This is imperialism, plain and simple, he said. The ongoing General Assembly is the UN's first full in-person leaders summit since the COVID-19 pandemic and comes as the war in Ukraine approaches its seventh month. United States President Joe Biden and Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky will address the UN General Assembly today. Putin and Chinese President Xi Jinping are not attending. They sent their foreign ministers instead. Elsewhere, despite concerns that Russia will try to meddle in Italy's election, Italian politicians and social media influencers have so far played the greatest role in spreading election-related online falsehoods based on an analysis by Digital Bridge, Politico's transatlantic tech newsletter. These accounts attack immigrants, 
make accusations against the European Union, and promote support for Russia's invasion of Ukraine, and while it might appear reassuring that the Kremlin is not behind such widespread online messaging, Italians are more likely to believe what they read from local sources than foreign sites and social media accounts. On Sunday, Italy is expected to back a new right-wing coalition led by Giorgia Maloney of the Brothers of Italy party. The outcome of the vote will be critical for Italy's economy and the political dynamics across the 27-country bloc, where the experienced Mario Draghi, the outgoing Italian prime minister, is expected to be replaced by an untested far-right leader. The UN is considering a new international organization to help look for over 100,000 Syrians still missing in that country's civil war. An estimated 100,000 to 150,000 Syrians are missing since the country's civil war, which began in 2011 during the Arab Spring, after peaceful anti-government demonstrations were brutally repressed. Evidence suggests that the Syrian regime maintains a detailed bureaucracy with regards to those it has detained, the United Nations has said. But Syrian regime forces continue to deliberately conceal the fate and whereabouts of forcibly disappeared persons. News of the UN's recommendations was welcomed by Syrian activists who have lobbied for just such a thing. Establishing such a mechanism would be a significant breakthrough after years of silence and inaction, said Sarah Hashash, communications director with the advocacy organization The Syria Campaign. It offers families a glimmer of hope. A man who paid tribute to Queen Elizabeth II near the British consulate in Hong Kong was arrested for alleged sedition. Police said the 43-year-old man was detained late Monday near the consulate where dozens of people had gathered to remember the late monarch. Elizabeth was sovereign in the city when it was a British colony before its handover to Chinese rule in 1997. Local media reports said the detained man had stood outside the consulate playing songs on a harmonica including Glory to Hong Kong, the anthem of pro-democracy protests, that rocked the city in 2019. Video shared on social media showed the crowd singing along as the man played. Police said Tuesday the man was arrested for investigation on suspicion of committing an act with seditious intent. They did not provide further details. Some 80% of homes and businesses in Puerto Rico still lacked power yesterday as rains from Hurricane Fiona receded leaving residents complaining that the island's troubled electrical grid was still a mess before the storm, despite billions of dollars in funding to improve it. Power provider Luma Energy said it had restored service to more than 100,000 customers and crews were still working to bring back power for others. Fiona hit Puerto Rico on Sunday causing an island-wide outage of its 1.5 million customers. Puerto Rico's grid has long been criticized as unreliable, but residents have complained that outages have become more frequent since Luma took over operations last year. The company said full restoration could take several days. In Biter news, 
an executive of a vegan food products company, has been charged with felony battery in making a terroristic threat after a fracas outside a football game in which he's accused of biting a man's nose. Beyond Meat Chief Operations Officer Doug Ramsey has been accused of a road rage attack outside Saturday's game between the Arkansas Razorbacks and the Missouri State Bears in Fayetteville, Arkansas, according to Fayetteville television station KNWA. After speaking with all parties, the officer on the scene determined that Ramsey had gotten out of his SUV and punched through the back windshield of the other car. The driver of the other vehicle said he emerged from his car and Ramsey pulled him in close and started punching his body and also bit the owner's nose, ripping the flesh off the tip. Unfortunately, Ramsey is now no longer considered a vegan. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. And thank you to the person who recently rated the show as five stars. We appreciate it. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. Go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief. <laughs>